This is one of those days that I'm so glad I'm recording a podcast and not a video because it is getting harder and harder to look presentable. We all reach a point in our hair cutting cycle when we don't like how our hair looks and I have certainly reached that point today. My, I get this thing where the side of my hair starts to puff out and I start feeling a bit round headed. If that makes sense to you, that's exactly where I am. And we won't even get started on the status of the beard. So yes, I am feeling a little bit rough around the edges. I'm also feeling a little rough around the edges as far as the content for the podcast this week is concerned. You know, podcasts are evergreen content. You know, when new people discover your content, they tend to binge listen to older episodes. It's a great opportunity to rapidly build relationships. Uh, so when I decide on a new topic for each week's podcast, I'm balancing a few things. I'm balancing the immediate relevance of the content that I want to share. And I'm also balancing the long-term value, the, uh, the evergreen value. But right now, as I record this podcast, we're in the throes of the coronavirus shutdown. And I believe that we, as a world, are in crisis. And when you're in crisis, it's hard to look long-term. And we are in crisis, and I hate succumbing to it. I hate creating content. I hate the thought of creating content, which is very temporal, which is just for this moment. But I'm having trouble seeing beyond the, I'm trying to, ha I'm having trouble seeing the world without the coronavirus filter in front of my eyes. So everything that I'm thinking about business-wise, everything I'm thinking about personal-wise, it's all colored by the reality of the world that we live in today. And I don't like, as I say, succumbing to it. I wish that we could create some content which is just about the type of content that we created before. I'm looking for a simpler, purer time. But alas, that is not there. So I'm going to do the best job I can to balance, to pay. Today we are going to talk a little bit about, uh, well, we're going to talk a lot about staying healthy in mind and business, how we can deal with, uh, with, with this new reality and keep moving ahead. That's all today on Gray Matters. Steve Dotto here. How the heck are you doing this fine day? Welcome to Gray Matters, the podcast for those of us in the gray zone. What is the gray zone? Primarily baby boomers and Gen X, those of us sporting a touch of gray. We're interested in finding our place in the digital age. On this podcast, we will learn about online marketing, community building, social networking, all from our perspective. The world's changing. The job market is not interested in us anymore. We're facing the prospect of a reluctant retirement, and that is not cool. We need a side hustle to take our experience and put it to work for us. We need to develop mad skills, adapt, and evolve in order to remain relevant in the digital age. I can help. This podcast can help. I'm glad you found us. My friend Mark Schaefer says that we are experiencing grief, and I believe he is right on the mark. Now, Mark Schaefer was a guest a few episodes ago here on the podcast, and we talked about uh, the early stages of dealing with COVID-19 outbreak, and Mark shared some really insightful thoughts about just how we are reacting emotionally to, to the virus. Now, I, 
ironically, is that the proper term, or sadly, uh, Mark himself is is currently fighting off the virus. He was he was diagnosed. He's as I record this, about five or six days into the symptoms, uh, he's he's in, in good shape. He's uh, been posting regularly on Facebook that he is he is doing well. But our thoughts are certainly with Mark, and uh, as he works his way through this, his wife previously went through the virus, so it's been gone through. It's gone through their entire household. But my thoughts are with Mark as I record this episode. But Mark pointed out that uh, he believes that as a world, as a community, we are experiencing grief and we probably don't recognize it as grief uh, because of a couple of factors. When you experience personal grief, when you a personal loss, I, I think back to the loss of my father. When I think back to that, I recognize that I was in an extraordinary time for me personally. I was going through a part of a journey which is very acute and in very personal. And you give yourself a certain degree of grace in that period. You recognize that your decision-making that you're, is, not, uh, is not on point, that you're distracted, that you're overly emotional. Um, you recognize all of those different factors in yourself. It doesn't necessarily make it easier to deal with the grief, but it does give you some perspective so that you, so that you recognize that you are not your best self as you go through it. I think that we are all experiencing that as a group, as a community, as a world at this point. But the unique thing when when it happens, the unique thing about what's happening now is that we are experiencing it all at the same time. So there's no normalcy. When you're suffered a loss yourself, you look at the world around you and there's a degree of normalcy somewhere in the world where they weren't affected by your loss. And I think this goes for disasters as well as personal loss. There's always another area of the world that that, that is safe harbor for you to see, to know that the world is continuing as normal. We don't have that with this. Every area of the planet is being affected by this. So we don't have an anchor that we can look towards. Uh, so we're kind of drifting in the, we're drifting in the emotional turmoil and in the, in the, in the mental turmoil that the virus has delivered. And maybe recognizing that is helpful. Maybe recognizing that we're all suffering this at the same time. And I can tell personally how I am reacting. I was having dinner the other day. I made myself some dinner. I sat down at the table with Shan and I had a fork and I realized I didn't have a knife. I went back to the cutlery drawer to get my knife and I came back with another fork. That's just a simple slip of the mind. It's, but it's due to the distracted nature. I wouldn't, that wouldn't normally happen to me. That sort of thing did happen to me. For example, when I was mourning my father's loss, now I'm seeing that I have that distracted nature about me where I am in the moment, but not present, if that makes sense. I, I, I'm there, I'm doing the right things. I'm doing most of the things per normal, but I'm not doing the 100% mindfully. I'm not right. I'm not, I'm not always present as I'm doing it. And so I'll forget what I just did. I will have momentary forgetfulness where I'll have been working on something, say, oh, i got to do something, come back into the room, and I can't remember what it was I was going there for. Now, that part of that, a lot of us are going to say, well, that's just age as well. That's kind of an age thing, but it is certainly exacerbated by the situation that we are in today. So today's podcast, I want to cover and talk a lot about the mental aspect of how we're dealing, how we're going to 
hopefully come out of this with as little damage to ourselves emotionally as, as possible. And also how we can come out of this with as little damage to our business as possible. I think we need to recognize that we this isn't going to be a win-win situation. We aren't going to come out ahead uh, as a result of the turmoil. I know that there's a philosophy that says uh, difficulties and challenges create opportunity. Yes, they do. But when the whole world is suffering at the same time, we're all impacted by it at the same time, I don't think we need to look at a net sum game. I don't think we need to look at the winners and losers. I think we look at how we all come out of this whole and in one piece and healthy and moving ahead. That's our goal today. We will dive into that on the other side of this break. I want to do a quick shout out to those of you who make this podcast, heck, to the entire Dottotech platform possible, and that is our community of support on Patreon. Patreon is a crowdfunding service. It's similar to Kickstarter, but for content creators like me. And we've got an amazing community who support us financially, making it possible for us to create this podcast, our weekly tutorials on Webinar Wednesday, our YouTube videos, pretty much everything that we create. So I'm asking you to consider supporting us. There are perks, and the perks are terrific. For our $10 a month patrons, which is the vast majority, the perks include access to our Webinar Wednesday archives, where we have over 100 tutorial webinars on productivity, online marketing, and content creation. And our latest perk is free access to our online course, Don't Retire, Rewire, which teaches baby boomers and Gen X what their online options are for reinventing themselves instead of retiring. The links are all in the show notes below, or just remember, patreon.com slash dottotech. Just before we get into all of the content of today, I want to welcome all of the newest patrons who joined us this past week. And there are a bunch of you. We appreciate your support so very much. This week, Jill Rasco joined us, as did Coach Constance. Thank you so much. Robert Rainier joined us. Tamar Gomai, Goma, I apologize if I butchered your last name, but thank you so much for your support. Mark Hughes and Daniel Perry and Phil Tengalia and Marco Campana and Byron Housewright, all new patrons that are joining us here at uh, at Gray Matters and at Dottotech, and we thank you so much for your patronage. We would not be here without you. I don't think that any of us can take care of our family or our business obligations if we can't take care of ourselves first and foremost. So we need to recognize the impact the virus is having on us. And even if we aren't physically impacted by it, even if we aren't sick, but just the impact it's having on us mentally and in our state, a sense of well-being, we need to recognize that. I spoke at the top about how we are in a state of grief, how we are all grieving for the world that was before, and how that is making us less than optimal. That is affecting the fact that we, are, we aren't at our best self. But then we layer a bunch of other things on top, and maybe some of those things are always there when you are experiencing grief, but things like stress, this the stress of the changing social mores. Uh, it's not just about catching the virus that we feel stress from, but we, we worry about the, what the world is going to look like when we come back. Even simple things like daily tasks and chores. Uh, if we go shopping, changing our shopping habits, changing our shopping patterns, uh, creating the social distance that we need, looking at other people and wondering if they are on the same boat as you as you avoid them as you're walking past them on the sidewalk. 
and just the, the, the disquiet that we feel as a result of avoiding another human being, another human, another soul. And we're actually giving them distance as opposed to walking by and smiling, looking them close in the eye and saying good morning to you. That, those changing patterns create all sorts of stress. Then we've got our disrupted routines. Those of us that have started to work from home, we aren't commuting anymore. We are seeing, of course, our children being now staying at home and all of their, their education routines and their routines are being thrown off. Uh, this all leads to cabin fever as we're being closed into the same room in the same house and we need to get out. Uh, it's spring is coming. It's beautiful days out here where I live in Vancouver and normally we'd be thinking of all sorts of outdoor activities and some of them we can do but many of them we are eschewing because they uh, they they don't feel responsible or they're indeed the the opportunities have been closed down and the diminished social contact uh, you know if you're lucky enough to live in a home uh with with a family that you've got uh, that you have you know regular access to you have a degree of social contact how many people live on their own and are single and now are feeling completely isolated i can't imagine how that is, how that is, uh, how that is haunting them, and just how that is affecting their sense of well-being. Reduced exercise. The regardless, we we aren't getting as much exercise, and we aren't certainly able to go to the gym the same way. Uh, if you can, if you're lucky enough to be able to be in an area where you can get out and ride your bike and do a few things that are solo activities, that's great. But regardless, we are we are reducing our exercise, and or they, we have the and we're eating more, and we're having the corresponding weight gain, and all of that is all of that is cascading in on us as well. You know, here's one thing that I've noticed is when, if we look at all of the memes that you see on Facebook, all of the, the funniest ones all hold a grain of truth, but they're also really the ones that are the darkest, that, that are touching to our, into our darkest angels. You know, if we think about it, you know, the people are posting about how much weight they're going to gain, uh, and they're making a funny meme of a picture of themselves, you know, a picture of somebody thin before and somebody fat afterwards, and they're saying, this is me, pre, pre-coronavirus, post-coronavirus, and ha, 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 we laugh about that. Or the relationship stress memes of, you know, um, where's your husband? I thought you said he was in the garden. You didn't dig deep enough is the funny ha, ha, at that. Uh, you know, the, the stress on relationships so many memes joking about alcohol consumption about uh, how i wasn't an alcoholic before or i was an alcoholic before and now i'm a raging alcoholic and people laugh ha 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 these are funny memes because we have to laugh but each one holds a dark shadow and we need to recognize that we are being haunted by all of these as we move ahead and we have to come up with strategies to deal with them because we don't want to become the punchline of a meme. The memes are a terrific insight into what our, what our friends and family and ourselves are experiencing. And if you look at behind the scenes of the meme, you will recognize where people are experiencing challenge and perhaps where you're experiencing challenge yourself. We're also really suffering as far as sleep goes. Our sleep patterns are being disrupted and we, we know that that's just unhealthy and that, that creates all sorts of other challenges for us. So what to do though? I mean, how do we deal with these issues effectively? And each one of us is going to obviously have to come up with our own strategies. We'll do a little search online. I'll post an article in the show notes 
which is which I thought is a nice complete article. But the very first thing that they they tell you to do, I, I like almost all of this article except for the first suggestion, is they tell you to compartmentalize worry. They tell you actually in this article to only worry for fifteen minutes a day. Really. Really? Can you compartmentalize? I would love to hear in the comments, uh, you know, join us on Facebook or let me know somewhere in comments if that is something that you can do. Can you compartmentalize when you worry about something? I don't have that skill. It's always there. The only thing that's a release is if I can lose myself in a project. And because of the distracted nature of what's, you know, our connected world, it's harder and harder to lose yourself in a project. Like right now, recording the podcast, I've been working for a few hours in preparation for it. It's been a almost a bomb for my soul to be concentrating on content and the creation of content and how I'm gonna tell a story and how I'm gonna put a podcast together. It's great when we can dive into work. But when I'm just normally going about my daily activities, compartmentalizing the sense of worry and the sense of fear that I have for my family and for my community, uh, I think that's a tough one to do. But if you can, good Good on you. It's a great suggestion, uh, but uh, for me, it's it, it's it's not that practical. But other things that they're suggesting really, really do make sense. And uh, for all of us, maintaining our social connections is is I, I think probably something that we are at the beginning stages of this. We probably don't necessarily have the same skill set for maintaining our social connections through the online world as we will when we come out on the other side. I've always said as human beings, our one superpower is our ability to communicate. It's the only thing that we are that we do for our entire life. From the moment we're born to the moment we pass, we communicate. Babies cry and we communicate with them through touch and through sight, even before they have language. Once we have language, of course, we embrace language through our entire life. We evolve language. We find different ways of communicating with language through music, through dance, through through touch, through all, all we're, we're just wonderful communicators. And we can use the technologies at our fingertips. We can use texting and we can use video conferencing and we can use phone and we can use the written word to be to communicate and to fill those social connections as much as possible. So finding your happy medium, how you communicate with your family and friends uh, is, is crucial. Now, one thing is I, I've, I've often in the past, I've plugged in my earbuds when I've talked to a, a family member and I've gone about my day's work and so I've sort of multitasked with them. And I think that's certainly that's something that you can do and if you're happy with, but increasingly in this moment, in this time, I'm finding that it's better for me if when I get on the phone with a family member, if I just sit down and just concentrate 100% of my energy on them, I'm getting more out of that interaction at that point by doing that. And maybe that's completely self-evident. Maybe I've, I've always just been a bit of a callous communicator. I don't know, but being present in that moment with that, with that person you're communicating with, I'm finding a lot more joy and a lot more value in, but on the flip side of it, there's also going to be a time that you can multitask. Like I think it would be a great idea to just launch a zoom call in the middle of while you're cooking dinner with a family member who's also cooking dinner and having your kitchen sort of virtually join together as you, as you merrily prepare your meal and, and chat back and forth and make noise and, and just kind of hearing and experiencing uh, another family's normality or another part of your family's normality while you're going through the normal process of preparing dinner. I think that that's a healthy thing that that can be done as well. As I say, I think we are all gonna find our own set of tools that we use 
And I'm just going to encourage you to lean into them. They also say in this article to focus on what you can control. And it, what they're getting to there is not exposing yourself overtly to too much of the world's news, which is by its very nature sensationalistic and very doom and gloomy because that's what people listen to. They want to hear the dire predictions and the dire warnings and the dire outcomes. And if we spend our whole time with a 24 hour news station on in the background, listening to the experts talking about how, what a poor job we're doing in this region and how we're trying to deal with things in that region and how this area is going to have this impact. I think that that is going to take a lot of the, a lot of the, a major part of the joy out of our life and just add all sorts of pressure and stress to us, which does not need to be there. Compartmentalizing when you consume and how you consume news is a, I think just a great idea as, as, as we work our way through this, making sure, you know, just my wife and I have actually started to sit down together and watch the six o'clock news, a new routine has evolved in our family in our, with our unit of, of two here, although when we, her daughter's with us, there's three, but we have our dinner and we sit down and watch the news and we get all of the reports and we get a synopsis of it. But the cool thing about it is, is here in Vancouver at 7 PM at night, all of the different communities, people go out onto their porch, onto the stoop, onto the, onto the street, and they bang pots and pans and they make noise for us to, in a tangible way, thank the healthcare workers and the first responders, the frontline people, the grocery clerks, the delivery people, all the people who were out there keeping the world going so that we can remain safe. So there's this, there's this nice two minute uh, time when the neighborhood erupts much as it would at New Year's Eve at midnight, as we, as we welcome in the new year, here we are expressing our thanks to our, to our, to our frontline people. And that's happening in many, many different jurisdictions around the world. But this beautiful little routine now, Shannon and I get caught up in the news. We talk about the things we do. We do to a certain extent, I guess, compartmentalize because we aren't focusing on it through the rest of the day, but we have that time to watch the news. And when you're watching a local newscast, typically speaking, you're not just getting all the doom and gloom, but you're also getting things that are happening in your region and maybe some of the happier stories that are Now, what about our business? We, there's so many variables in business. I, I can't imagine the challenges that so many of you are facing. And my heart goes out to you, especially those of you that have a physical store, a restaurant, uh, something that is that is tied to people coming into your physical location. I just can't imagine the struggles that you're going through as you try and navigate these waters. Uh, so my heart truly goes out to you. I think I will talk right now about how we are doing things ourselves, because that's all that I have for reference. And maybe from how we are handling our business and looking at the, looking at the business landscape, maybe you can extrapolate from that some ideas that will help you in, in your journey and in your struggles. So the one thing that we are doing as a, as a business is we are doubling down on our community's needs as much as we can. As soon as the uh, lockdown was evident, we and I, I kind of understood exactly what was going to be happening with the lockdown. Uh, I had a conversation with my wife, Shannon, and she was saying that she thought she was going to end up having to use Zoom or some sort of video conferencing tool that, to teach her students. She's a she's an elementary school teacher, and she's she hasn't used it other than like FaceTime for talking to family or maybe a little bit of Skype. So she asked me if I could show her how to use Zoom. As soon as she asked that, I recognized, oh, 
you're a teacher and every teacher in the world is going to be asking somebody the exact same thing who hasn't used Zoom. They're going to be wondering how they're going to remain, maintain contact with their students and teach their students. And they realize, I realize that they're all going to be asked to embrace this tech, some form of technology to do so. So I said, why don't we record a video where I show you how to use Zoom and then we can use that to teach other teachers. And she thought that was a great idea. She was game. So we quickly recorded a video and we got it online within a few days. And that video has gone completely viral. And when I say viral, that means viral for me, not necessarily viral for a huge YouTube star, but it's had a couple of hundred thousand views in the first 10 days that it has been up. But it's informed me that our community is interested in developing those communication skills. So we have doubled down and we are producing more videos on using Zoom. And by engaging in the comments and by reading all of the comments of which there are hundreds and hundreds of comments on the video, I have received a sense of what additional information the community wants to learn about Zoom and who they are. Because obviously teachers are a big portion of it, but there are other business people who are using Zoom for the first time who are working from home and it's informed me of what they are interested in. So we are now able to create video content tutorial content that serves our community really effectively. Now then, it's kind of out of that process, that conversation, really, Marcus Sheridan's book, They Ask, You Answer, it's very similar. We put forward a piece of content, looked at the response from that content. It informed us for creating additional content. So now we've got a whole playlist of tutorial videos on that topic. But it's not just good for the community. It's also ended up being good for our brand and our business because so many people are watching it. We've generated really good revenue from it as far as Google AdSense goes, and it's helping to support the development and creation of more content. Now, I didn't create this video initially as a business opportunity. I'm doing air quotes over it. I created it because I thought there was a need for the community and that I was a good, I was well-placed to support that need. As it's evolved, I've recognized that there's a commercial purpose to it as well, which is a blessing for me, but it's not something that I really want to lean into if you if you kind of know what I mean. I believe that there's a certain ethos to how we create content, which we are in a very sensitive time to. If you are looking to take advantage of the situation today, I think that that is going to bode very poorly for your future. If you are instead looking to support people as much as you can within the situation that we're in today, and that ends up being profitable for you in the long run, that's a very different conversation. And that's going to be a very different attitude as we come out on the other side. So for us, it was all about doubling down on existing content that the community was interested and found valuable at this moment. But while we're doing that, we are not losing track of our long-term planning because business is going to continue. And we had a long-term plan. We've been working on a project where we're actually building out a membership site to teach BoomXers how to more effectively run their online businesses. So we have been continuing to work through that. I wouldn't say that the impact of the coronavirus has changed our plans as far as how we are proceeding with that business. I believe it's it's increased our sensitivity to how we present that 
And when we actually go to sell that product, I think that we will have a different sensitivity to what the appetite of the marketplace is to purchase, to invest in something new. But we are all going to continue to invest in our own professional and personal development. And in some ways, the not in some ways, in many ways, the outcome of what the world is going to look like post-coronavirus is going, there's going to be a dramatic shift in where we work and how we work because so many more people are in tune and understand they perhaps are just as effective if they remotely work as they did when they went into the office and that that commute might not be necessarily necessary. So in servicing that, uh, in servicing that skill set and helping our community understand more effectively how they can use these tools, we are positioning ourselves to still be of value to them in the post-corona in the post-corona economy. And at that point, they will have an opportunity to perhaps do more business with them. So it's through the service of dealing with the issues that they are facing today that we've provided value that's going to create opportunity for the future. I don't really think it's the time to sell, full stop. I think it's the time to support, full stop. And if in that support, your customers, your clients, your prospects need to purchase something from you, that the value is going to be there, in that particular case, the transaction will occur. But you aren't necessarily looking at growth at this point. You're looking at supporting your community. You're looking at supporting your brand. You know, I'm going to throw out a word. Rather than talking about the traditional marketing and sales perspective, the word that I want you to think about for your business is compassion. That's going to be the word of the day. If you've got compassion for your prospects and your clients, then you're going to be providing content for them. You're going to be providing services for them that serve their needs. If there's a financial transaction that's attached, that's a bonus, but you're going to be serving their needs. Similarly, if you have compassion for your suppliers, you're going to recognize that they have new challenges and then you're going to help them hopefully mitigate those challenges. That is a terrific relationship building opportunity beyond being just a good person, beyond being just a good business. The companies, the suppliers that, uh, that have clients who recognize their situation through compassion, that is again going to be something that helps you build long-term relationships. Having compassion for your staff those who you can keep on the payroll, and especially those that you can't keep on the payroll, making sure that you understand where they're coming from and what their challenges are. And if you are employed by somebody, compassion for your employer, recognizing they're in the same boat, they're facing the same challenges. The more compassion that we show to each other, I believe the healthier we will come out of this being. You know, when I first wrote my notes on this, uh, at this point I said, we will all come out of this ahead. And I realized what a stupid thing to say. You know, we're not going to come out of this ahead, but I think our goal has to be that we're going to come out with a whole, with relationships and reputation in, intact. That gives us a future, a future on the other side of the coronavirus. Off the top of today's show, I talked about how I really don't like the idea of creating content that's just for today and not evergreen. And my profound wish for this episode of Grey Matters is for it to be a very poor evergreen product, that we come out of the other side of this far more quickly than I'm anticipating. And this particular episode will be kind of a, a, a dusty relic, remembering a, a challenging time that we went through, but we came through just fine. Thank you very much. 
If you have not yet subscribed to this podcast, please hit that subscribe button in your podcast application of choice. And if you know of another baby boomer or Gen Xer that can benefit from the content that we're sharing here in Gray Matters that should become a part of the Gray Matters community, please do me a favor and share the podcast with them. Let them know that this is a place for baby boomers and Gen Xers to gather in search of our goal of becoming more relevant in the digital age. I appreciate each and every one of you. My thoughts are with you all, and I appreciate all the support that you've been giving us here at Gray Matters in this challenging time. Till next time, I'm Steve Dotto. Have fun storming a castle. 